0: Jesus speaking, says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I appreciate the reading of God's Word this morning. Let's pray together, and you pray for me That God would help us this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you today because you first loved us. And Lord, I thank you for your presence. Uh, Lord, you know I've studied and prepared. And Lord, I wasn't planning on dealing with this text this morning. But Lord, this is your word. And so Lord, uh, I feel like this is where we need to be. And I pray God that you would just... Lord, if it's just one thought, if it's just one sentence, one phrase that would help somebody today and encourage somebody, I pray it would do that. And Lord, there would be nobody going out to say, what a great message or what a great choir or what a great preacher. But Lord, maybe we be leaving here today saying, what a great Savior and what a wonderful God. And what you do, we'll thank you and we'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. of course, we know here in our text that... Jesus has just been preaching in chapter 11, if you would. He's actually been answering questions of the Pharisees. They've been criticizing him. And he talks about the fact that... Uh, they're attacking John, and he says in verse 18, For John came neither eating or drinking, and they say he hath the devil. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking. They say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. And then in verse 21, he pronounced, Woe on the uh, on the Chorazan and Bethsaida. And he said, Because of the works that were done here, he said, If I had done in Tyre and Sidon what I had done here, they would have believed. He said, but you're so eat up with religion and you're so eat up with ideology that you can't even see your heart has become hard and you've become hardened to the gospel and yeah. become hardened to the things of God. And I never want to give to a point in my life where my heart becomes hardened, where the Word of God does not stir me anymore, where singing doesn't help me, where preaching doesn't challenge me. I don't want to get to that point where I'm unstirred and unchallenged and unchanged in my life, but I want God even the little things that God does to amaze me and to encourage my heart. I never want to get over the thrill of being saved. I never want to get over the joy that my sins have been washed away, that I've been born again by the grace and by the blood of Jesus Christ it's not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us and I never want to get over that Jesus is rebuking this crowd in this text then in verse 25 at that time after he rebukes he says, and Jesus begins to pray and says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudence and hast revealed them unto babes. In other words, he's saying, those that don't want to see truth are not going to see truth. But those that have that childlike faith, those that want to believe God, those that want to believe the Bible, those that want to know truth, God will reveal truth to those who want truth. And he gives this, 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 this invitation, if you would, Verse 28, 29, and 30. And very quickly, I want to say five things by way of introduction about these verses. And I want to draw out one thought for our message this morning. First of all, I see there is an invitation in verse 28. He says, come unto me. Now notice there is a proposition in this invitation. He said, come. If you're going, if you're going to come to someone, that means you're going to have to leave where you are. You're going to have to leave that location, leave where you are standing, or leave where you were sitting. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to make a conscious decision that you're going to leave that place and go to where he is. Amen. And aren't you glad for the day when you heard the proposition, when you heard the call of the Holy Spirit of God inviting you to come to Jesus Christ it may not have been some Damascus road it may have been like Lydia whose heart the Lord opened but I'm just so glad that one day he came by and he spoke to my heart and I hope you have a time in your life where Jesus came by and he spoke to you nor was an audible voice nor wasn't chills going up and down your spine it may not have been anything like that but you realize that you was a sinner and you realize that he was the Savior and that he loved you and he cared for you and he died for for you and He rose for you. Thank God for that day when you heard the invitation. I'm talking more than just as I am or I've surrendered all or the preacher getting up and dealing with the congregation. I'm talking about when the Spirit of God began to stir your soul that you knew what you have is not going to get you to heaven. What you have will not put you in fellowship with God. Oh, but if you'll come to Jesus, if you'll come to Christ, if you'll receive Him, He will take you and He won't change you. There's a proposition in this invitation. There's a person in this invitation. He says, Come unto me. He didn't say come into the church. He didn't say come into the preacher. He didn't say to come to the baptistry wa- waters. Amen. He said come unto me. You know why a lot of people never get get salvation? They won't come to the Lord. Oh, they'll come to church membership or they'll come to the baptistry pool or, or they'll come and, and try to do better or try to be a better person. But that's not salvation. We got people trying to turn over a new leaf when they never knelt at the foot of Calvary's tree. Amen. I tell you, it ain't about turning over the new leaf. It's about coming to Jesus Christ, there is a proposition. Come, there is a person come unto me, but there is a promise in this text. For Jesus said in John 6:37, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Thank God for the fact that if you have ever come to Christ, He took you. He did not turn you away, He did not reject you, He did not throw you to the side, He didn't say, No, you can't come. But if you came in faith and repentance, thank God He took you. He took you. There's an invitation in these verses. There's identification in these verses. Come to me. Watch this identification. Who can come? All ye that labor and are heavy laden. He identifies two groups in this text. The laborers. This word labor means to grow weary. It means to be tired. It means to be exhausted. In other words, it gives the idea that you've tried Everything and you've exhausted all your resources. And some of you can testify you tried religion, you tried AA, you tried this, you tried that, you tried to do better, and you're trying, you exhausted all your resources, but, and you were labor, but then he deals with the laden. That word laden gives the idea of being under a heavy load, being under a burden, being under the burden of sin. You remember when you were like that? You were trying to do better. You were. I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to act that way anymore but every time you would fail you would fail yeah you had good intentions yeah you meant to do better but you'd fail over and over again and that weight of sin would get heavier and heavier and heavier oh but there is a call come unto me all oh, ye that labor and are heavy laden he said when you've tried everything when that weight of sins got so heavy on you when you've tried everything come unto me There's the invitation coming to me. The identification, all you that labor in a heavy lading. There's the imparting. And I will give you rest. That's what everybody's looking for. That word rest is the first cousin of the word peace. That's what everybody's looking for in the world today. They're looking for peace. They're looking for rest. Hey, you can buy sleep, but you can't buy rest. Hello, you can pop enough, I don't recommend it, you can pop enough pills and you can sleep for days. That don't mean you're going to rest. There's a lot of people that are looking for rest and they're looking for peace and they're not going to find it anywhere else. Oh, but he said, But if you'll come to me, he said, I will give you rest. Why can he give rest? Well, he possesses rest. Amen. He is the prince of peace. He purchased it, thank God, and he provides it. Amen. The imparting, he said, If you'll come, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Do you remember when you knelt down? It may have been in the altar. It may have been in the pew. It may have been in the house. But when you put your faith and trust in Christ, do you remember that load being lifted? Amen. Hey, I'm feeling pretty spiritually, man. Remember that load being lifted? And you are no longer under the condemnation anymore. But you have been set free, washed in the blood, justified, reconciled unto God. Thank God for the Rest that he provides. Well, preacher, mine wasn't like that. Mine wasn't that suspendous. Well, mine wasn't either, so don't worry. I'm five. I mean, what's the worst thing you can do? What's the worst thing you can do? Be still a sinner. But thank God I tell you the assurance of my salvation has come after my salvation. Did you get a hold of that? Your assurance won't come till you get saved. Amen. Amen. That, lie, that, that, that assurance came. And now when I do sin, I'm corrected. Amen. I'm chastened. Something ain't right. And that's more than a, God gets every man a conscience. But a man can have a seared conscience. All yeah. oh, but that conviction and that spirit of God's fear. When the spirit comes, he will approve the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, Jesus said. I'm glad I know I'm saved this morning. There's an invitation coming to me. Identification, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. There's an imparting, I will give you rest. There's an instruction in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. In this instruction, I know there's an engagement. Take my yoke upon you. Now, I wasn't raised on a farm and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I've never plowed before, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I've never planted a garden before, and I'm okay with that. I have eight of many gardens, though, and I'm really okay with that. I would rather you do all the work and I get all the groceries. I sound like a Democrat, don't I? All right. <laughs> Amen. Don't forget to vote Tuesday early, or often, all right? And so, this, this, this yoke, though, I know it has to do with plowing, and, I, and this yoke, from what I understand, the yoke that Jesus is talking about is a two-animal yoke. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, he said, now get down here with me. You've come to me. Now get in this yoke with me. There's an engagement. God didn't save you to sit on the church for you to ride to heaven saying, I shall not be moved. He saves you to do something. Get involved. Get engaged. Does that make sense? Hey, Amen. If I'm preaching this yoke wrong, please don't tell me because it's sounding good, alright? Does that sound okay about a yoke so far? So there's an engagement. What do you know about a yoke? You went to Northstone. <laughs> hey, Amen. What... He said, yeah. I said, what do you know about a yoke, alright? Amen. <laughs> hey, he read about it. There's an engagement. Take my yoke. Watch this. There's an education. And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Boy, that's an interesting phrase. Learn of me. What have you learned about the Lord? What have you learned about the Lord? For I am meek and lowly in heart. I would say that he's to be our example. He's he's meek, but he's not weak. He speaks of humility, amen. He's meek and lowly in heart. He thought himself a no thought himself of no reputation made himself a no reputation, meek and lowly in heart. You know what I'm finding out. Many times, can we just be honest for a minute? Ain't nobody here but us. We ain't learned about, about him as much as we should have. Any time pride and arrogance he rises, rises up in our lives and we think we're something, but we ain't learned of the Lord because he's meek and he's lowly in heart. And he's got a reason to brag. He's the God of the universe. He's the son of God. But he's our example. He said, I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. You learned anything about the Lord? There's an engagement Take my yoke upon you. I hope this is making sense. There's an education. Learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart. There's an expectation. And you shall find rest unto your souls. Hey, I'm telling you, after I got saved, not the last time I need a rest in peace. I tell you, even after you're saved, you need God to settle your spirit and settle your soul and work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you you know where that rest comes? When you're getting that yoke with Him. So there's an invitation coming to me. There is identification, all you that labor and are heavy laden. There is an imparting, I will give you rest. Uh, There is an instruction, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Notice the information, verse 30. This is what I'm interested in. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word easy here means virtuous, it means good. I like this word, manageable. The word light, it means exactly what you think it means. It's not heavy, it's quick, it's agile. You know, and I've got to be careful saying this, and that's why I was going to preach it tonight. I was going to spend more time studying this, but here we are. I know there's hard times in the Christian life. Amen. You can say amen to that. The Christian life has trials. The Christian life has Troubles. The Christian life has tears, tribulations. Not the great tribulation, but we do have tribulations. Paul talk, James talks about that in James 1. It has to do with things. We looked at those things last week in Romans 8, and they, all these things, they come upon us. You have to do with tears. In the Christian life, there are times of storms, sorrows, sufferings, sadness, struggles. There's graveyards, hospital rooms. You'll often be down, defeated, dejected, discouraged. Depressed. You'll suffer attacks, accusations, abandonment, and animosity. And I'll be honest with you. Here's how I got to think about this sermon. I I listen to preaching a lot. I do. I figure if I'm going to give out, I need to receive a lot. And so I try to listen to a lot of preaching. I listen to some good preaching. And I listen to some preaching that's not so good. And I listen to some preaching that's just really, really bad. (laughs) So I said, why? Because you don't want to be that guy. I was listening to this guy preach the other day. And y'all really wouldn't know him. And and he's he's a young man. And he's got a good heart for the Lord. But he was talking about how hard it was living for the Lord. How hard it is. He said, I've been serving the Lord these many years and it's been hard. It's been tough. It's been rough. And I got to thinking. Is it really? Proverbs chapter number 15, verse 13 says good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. And in our verse, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I, I, please don't misunderstand me. When you have to follow a casket down a church aisle, that's hard. When you've got to bury a loved one, that's hard. When you hear... The, can- the C word, cancer Whether it's in your life Or somebody close to you, that's hard When you're trying to love somebody And trying to help somebody And they reject your love And they reject your help That's hard When you try to be a testimony and be a light But they won't take your track And they won't talk to you And they won't listen That's hard When you're trying to reach prodigals And trying to reach people And trying to get them to come to church And they tell you no Or they promise to come And then they don't show up That's hard Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I want to let you know, even, even through the hospitals, even through the graveyards, even through the storms, even through the troubles in this text, Proverbs said the way of a transgressor, that lost man, that man that's sinning, that man that's going away from God, his way's hard. All oh, but Jesus said, my yoke is easy. And my burden is life. I tell you this morning, uh, this is this is this life that we're living for the Lord. I want to preach on this thought: this life is the best life, Amen. I tell you, I know there are hard times. I know there's difficulties. I know there's trials and storms and circumstances. I know many of you this morning are walking through things and dealing with things that you never thought you'd have to deal with. Your heart's broken. You're burdened down. You don't know how this is going to be. Fit you got prodigals out in the world. you buried loved ones. Sickness is in your family. Jobs are at stake. Economy's going up. It seems so hard. But I want to remind you, this is still the best life that we could ever live. Hey, do you remember you was out there in the world and sin and his taskmaster was on you and your way was hard and it was beating you down and driving you deep in the dirt. But look where you are now and look what Jesus has done in your life. You know what I have found out? His joke is easy. His burden is life. This just ain't a good life. This is the best life. It's the best life. Are there hard times? You better believe it. Are there difficulties? Yes. Are there trials? Yes. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you this morning, this is still the best life to live. Even if one man said, even if heaven wasn't at the end of the road, it'd still be worth it to live for God. It'd still be worth it to go to church and be a Christian and live for the Lord. Why? This is the best life. Here's why. Number one. And I only got three points. As I said, I ain't ain't had time to put no more meat on it. It's the best life because of the comparison. Look at verse 30. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. A yoke's heavy. And a burden is being pulled by that yoke. That would be heavy too. But when you compare it to the yoke of sin, and then the yoke of the Savior, and that burden of sin, and the burden that the Savior, this is actually easier over here. And this was harder. How did I make it? For some of you've asked, how did I make it before I got saved? How did I get through that? How in the world did I not lose my mind? You've even said this thing. Where do people who don't know God? What do they do when their world falls apart? I don't know what they do, and thank God I don't ever have to know. Why? Because I came to the Lord and I took that yoke upon me, and I found that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. The world promises empty dreams, empty hopes, and leaves you standing there. Promises hope in a bottle, in a pill, in a relationship, and it never, it never, never delivers on what it promises. Oh, but you compare it to the yoke of the Lord Jesus. And you compare it to the burden. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And you begin to compare those lives. Oh, you didn't... Take a minute and compare your life before you got saved to the life you're living right now. You know what you had? You had problems back then. And you got problems now. Oh, but you're smiling. And you got joy. And you got peace. And you don't know how you're going to make it, but you know you're going to make it. Do you get that? You don't know how you're going to make it, but you know you're going to make it. Why? Because His yoke is easy and His burden is light. There's a comparison. Amen, that's right. There's a comfort. He said, ye shall find rest for your souls. Oh, this is making sense. Ye shall find rest. He didn't say you might. He didn't say you may. He said, ye shall find rest for your souls. That's a comfort. There's a comparison. But the comfort... Because the world promises all this stuff. Hey, if you'll do this, then you'll have this. But it never delivers. And that pleasure is send us for a season. Oh, but when you come to Jesus and you try to live by that book, you know what you find? You find exactly what He promised. You find if you do what He asked you to do, you find that you get what He said you would get. This is the best life. That's why I, I, I chuckle when I heard that that young man preaching. Next time I want to see him, I want to take my hand and just, his bread, you know, pat his brow and say it's going to be okay. I know there's hard times. I know there's difficulties. Many of you are dealing with things I know nothing about, and you can't even share because you can't get the words to formulate out of your heart. But ain't it better knowing you're saved and carrying that than being lost? And then having that on top of that, a comparison, of comfort. But then here's, here's why it's the best life, the companion. Look at verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, uh, you and learn of me, for I... And meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I'm going to tell you why this life is the best life. In spite of the storms and the difficulties and the trials. I'm going to tell you what makes this life better than any other life. We have Him. We're not in this thing alone. But we have Him. Thank God. Brother LeVon Boatner. Was an, evangelist out of Phil- is, is, was an evangelist out of Philadelphia, Mississippi. He's currently not able to travel anymore. His health got him, but Brother Boatner, his uh, signature thing was he'd read his text, make his introductory comments, give his title of his sermon. He had the best titles for sermons. He preached on David and Goliath on every dog has his day because <laughs> Goliath said, am I a dog? <laughs> and then My favorite title he had uh, was he preached on Stephen. When Stephen was dying, getting stoned and being killed. And he preached on, this world's killing me, but Jesus won't take it sitting down. <laughs> His titles are better than my sermons. He preached on that woman that went to the doctor for 12 years on She Changed Doctors. Uh, he, he preached that. He preached a message on, uh, He Took My Case. That's where Kyla Rowland got the title for that song a lot of the brother Boatner's just a great person. But he preached out this text one time. I remember as a little boy. He preached on being yoked up to the master. And he told this story. And I and I'm done. He said he said down there in Mississippi in them swamp lands they were loggers. They'd pull them logs out of them swamps. And they'd have them oxen, them horses, whatever they used to pull. And this particular time they was using oxen. And he said, uh he said, We got a new ox. And he said, He he said, we had this one here. He was old, great, big old muscular ox, strong. I mean just strong. I would say strong as an ox, but that's what you expect out of an ox, all right? Big old strong ox. And he said, Daddy had bought this new one at the sale, young, skinny, I mean, ain't ain't got no muscle on him, just 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 skinny as a rail. And, and, and it was a two person it was a two oxen yoke. Steve, you know what I'm talking about, too. And he had to have two oxen and brother Boatner said, I told my days." that's a little boy, he said. How's that little ox going to get in that yoke with that big old ox? He said, that don't, don't even work. They're not going to able to work together. His daddy said, I'm going to tell you, son. He said, if you'll look, that little ox ain't pulling nothing. He said, I've got the pull chain all the way on the side of the, of the older, strong ox. Some of you know what I'm talking about. He said, I've got the pull chain. He's pulling all the weight. All the little oxen has to do is just walk right along with him. He ain't pulling anything, but it looks like he's doing something. But he just has to walk along. You know what? That's the way it is. When we take on the Lord's yoke, I can't do anything. I can't walk. I can't handle anything. Oh, but he just has to walk with him. And he bears the burden. He said, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Thank God he's pulling the weight. Amen. I told this in, in Jubilee on that Tuesday morning. Come on, Brother Matthew, I'm done. I love watching that college game day on Saturday mornings. By the way, praise God, Georgia won. All right. I like watching college game day. They were at University of Georgia yesterday, so I was really watching it yesterday. And my my favorite thing to watch on college game day is when they get them kids with special needs. And they'll get them football teams and get them kids with special needs in there and that are big fans and be good to them and sign jerseys for them. I think that's wonderful. I think that's wonderful. And they'll get... This particular one I saw. This boy had uh, I saw it a few weeks ago. This boy had uh, committed to play for Michigan and got some kind of disease. I think it may have been cancer, and it crippled him to a wheelchair and obviously couldn't play. And they brought him. They brought him out to Michigan to the big house and the coach and all the players got him a and spent time with him. And then they got out on the field and they lined up in a formation at the goal line. This boy can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. He can't, he can't run. He can't do anything. But they line up in a formation. and That coach gets behind that boy's wheelchair in the backfield, in the running back spot. And they snap the ball. And that coach began to push that wheelchair. And that quarterback handed that ball to that boy. And that coach just pushed him right through the line. And the goal, I know, I know it's all set up. But I thought, ain't that what my life is? Can't do anything, but he'll line me up get right behind me and push me and help me and pull. And it looks like I scored a touchdown. I ain't done anything. I'm just going along for the ride. i am tell you this morning. I know there's burdens. I know there's trials. I know there's hard times. I'm not minimizing that. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been done wrong. I know your heart's broken. But just compare this morning. Ain't it better being in here and being saved by the grace of God on our way to heaven than being out in the world lost without God. Hell bent and hell bound. Oh, but look where we're at now, look what God's done for us, look at the peace and the rest we have in our soul we're not in this thing alone this is the best life is, let's stand together, I appreciate your attention, I preach 28 minutes